0: You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. Okay, there we go. All right, well, hey, welcome to 1208, Uh, tonight we're hopping into a little bit of a Different kind of message, uh, as you know. Since about late summer, early fall, we started a series on Isaiah. And when we started it, and I expect you remember every single word I've said since the beginning, this way you'll remember this. When we started it, I said, I don't know where this is going to go. You know, this is a very long book, and it kind of reiterates itself a lot. So we're going to start on it. And just see where it goes. So as I was getting to write this week's message, I know since we preached on Revelation not too long ago, which borrows a lot from Isaiah, and then move right to Isaiah, I was reiterating a lot of themes. In fact, there are still a lot of themes I would love to keep reiterating, but I know that you've heard it a million times. I felt that uh, maybe it would be a good idea to move to something else, but I wasn't sure. Then I had a dream last night, uh, in which I heard this Bible verse Woke up, looked it up, and just long story short, I felt like it was maybe releasing me to move on to something else for now. Felt like Isaiah was very important for the season that we were in. um, And I'll probably continue to blog my way through that. So if you want to keep up with some lessons from Isaiah, jaminbradley.com, you can go there. We'll post it on our 1208 Facebook page and whatnot too. But we're going to move into something different. Now here's the thing. I felt like the dream released me from Isaiah... But he didn't tell me what to do next. (laughs) And so tonight I'm just going to go with something that's a little bit more on my heart, which maybe was a bad idea. Um, We're going to talk about uh, my my journey with cats. (laughs) Which, if you know me, I've got a little bit of a checkered past with cats. I have a little bit of a checkered present with cats. And I thought I'd take you through these stories. So here's here's. Here's something we got to get off from the start. Say this after me. Jamin. All analogies are imperfect. All analogies are imperfect. And I will do my best to learn. Imperfectly. Okay. Now let me give you a bunch of analogies. Ready? All right. Yes. Yes, it is. That is my disclaimer. Uh, This first cat right here on the slide is just a, uh, um, I just took it from the internet. It's not one of my cats. Okay. So the first cat that I got, his name was Jockton. And it was when I was, me and my brother were living in a a house together and we would uh, go to college, but we were living in this house at the time so I could have this cat. And jody i mentioned when we were dating i I like a cat and she just showed up one day like here's your cat and i was like oh okay i have a cat now we are going on 10 years of marriage this august which means i got it like two three years before that thank you 2008 so he's 12-ish 13-ish anyways He's been in our lives, or my life, even longer than hers, but she brought it to me, so I guess it's been in her life at the same time. He's been in our lives for 13 years. Now, ironically, Jokton is a Hebrew word when translated that means peewee. As he's grown up, he's gotten a little bigger. This is maybe the most unflattering picture I have of him. Fortunately, he's not here to see it, so it's okay. Uh, but God, in his mad irony, uh, gave Jockton some dieting problems. And uh, jockton though, has been in my life for about 12, 13 years and been very faithful this whole time. So some cats are not great. They pee on your stuff. They scratch apart your house. They, they run outside. They do all kinds of things. But Jockton, though he's a grump, And though he is, uh, uh, you know, a little overweight, just a tad, (laughs) taking after his master, um, he is still a very good cat. He's faithful. He, He knows the rules. He follows the rules. And he lives in the house well. He's been through a lot. I know, like, some of the problems that he has is because he's moved, like, four times in his life. And I don't know if you've met a cat that's moved before. But they don't know what to do with that. He got a nervous twitch at one point where if you pet him in the wrong spot, he'll chew his arm off. <laughs> we noticed when like, all the fur was missing one day. Uh, he didn't want to be around people, of course, until we had kids. And he's like, hey, what about me? Why don't you ever pay attention to me? He's like, you don't want us to pay attention to you. Goes, I want all the attention now. So, yeah, he's got problems. Sure, like we all do. But he's been faithful in his master's house He's been a good cat all these years and still into today. Into the next cat. Jockton had a friend named Mo when he was younger. This is not Mo because I don't have a picture of Mo, but that's kind of what he looked like. Okay, (laughs) Mo was my brother Jaron's cat. And Mo one day saw an open door or an open window, made his way outside, and unfortunately was hit by a car right outside of our house. And it wasn't very long within getting outside that he managed to find that. The, the adventure, the excitement of trying something new, of disobeying the rules, of pushing his limits beyond things that he knew and, and seeing where that would take him, managed to take his life, and in his case, very, very quickly. We also have Nabor. First, his name was Nebuchadnezzar, and that was too long. So I changed it to Chad because it's really Nebuchadnezzar. So it was like, Chad's good. But then the lesson that I learned out of this changed his name to a different biblical name, Nabor. Me and my friend Stephen found Nabor right outside of Walmart in the middle of the road, spazzing around everywhere, having just been hit by a car. And we didn't know what to do. We're like, I think I didn't catch a good glimpse, but I, I'm afraid that like half of him had already been hit and the other half wasn't. And So we didn't know what to do. But by the time we got back to Nabor, we realized that he was still all together, just spazzing around. So we picked him up, we put him in the car, and we took him to the vet. And while he was at the vet, the uh, doctors are like, okay, this is your cat. I'm like, no, I just found this cat on the side of the road. They're like, okay, well, we've got like a a system where we can pay for some cats, and you could pay the rest. I'm like, okay, you know, like... I think this was like hundreds of dollars for a cat that was not mine. But I was like, you know what? I'd be willing to take this cat into my house and, and pay hundreds of dollars, not for a human being, but for a cat, <laughs> a feral cat on the side of the road that I don't know what he'll do once we nurse him back to health. But we do that. We, I pay the money. And during this time, the story of the Good Samaritan comes to my mind, right? Like, hey, think about the story of the Good Samaritan, Jamin. You came across the Good Samaritan... People have left it on the side of the road. Cars are flying by. No one's really concerned. Like, unfortunately, you do see roadkill of cats all around Jackson, among many other animals. And you could have just left them there. You could have just kept moving. But you picked them up, you paid money for a stranger, you nursed them back to health, and then I took him into my house. We were living in an apartment at this time, second story floor. We put him in the only bonus room that we have, and he does not seem to like people. Like, very feral cat. Doesn't, doesn't want to have anything to do with us. So I'll come in every once in a while and try to pet him. And, you know, he's just been like, had some surgery done to him. And he, he's not really cool with people. But he's also feeling too much uh, pain to move around or at least doesn't want to move much. And so I close the door about, I think it was later that night. And say goodnight to him. Go downstairs. Jody goes to bed. I go to play video games. All of a sudden I hear, And I instantly knew what it was. (laughs) I instantly knew that the cat had spy glassed, not glass. we had the glass open. He cut a hole in the net of the window, jumped out onto the overhanging awning awning on our second floor, slid down in spy style and on the ground. And and I, I turn and I look out the window and the cat just looks at me like, so long friend and walks away. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, there goes my money. <laughs> it just—it like, just, it didn't even show me love. It's just gone. What the heck, man? And I never saw him again. Thanks for that story. Thanks for bringing it up. And God taught me a lesson in that moment. You know, like so, some people, you're going to try to plant the seeds of heaven. <laughs> we don't know what happened to the Good Samaritan after. Were they friends? I don't know. It seemed like they never saw each other again in the parable. But... Oh. You still did your best to love on the other person regardless. The Bible doesn't say that every person Jesus had dinner with and every person he healed and every person he taught got saved. Actually, sometimes it says that they heard him teach and they went the other way because they weren't going to have anything to do with that. But Jesus did it nonetheless. Jesus loved people nonetheless. Jesus showed charity and care and love to everyone he came in contact with Regardless of what their reaction would be. And in that case, I learned <laughs> you know, you can, you can invest in a cat, but in the end, it's a feral cat. And it <laughs> doesn't care about you much more than the cat that isn't feral. Um, so that, that was Nabor's story. We then come to Haven's story. And this one always hurts me the most. We call this my wife's cat, but like, I love this cat. Like, this cat was my cat. <laughs> Yeah, she totally loved her more than she loved me. But I love this cat, even though she hated me. Um, one day, Jody came home with groceries, opens the door. And I hear, no, 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 no. And suddenly, I, I turn around the corner, and this kitten has just ran into our house. <laughs> and I'm like, um, I think we had to go to a wedding. We're like, what do we do? Do we stick it in a room? Do we put it back outside? Is it somebody's? Is it ours now? What no, we already have a jockton. We don't need this thing. You know, like, what do we what do? We do? And, of course, can you say no to that face? No, you can't. (laughs) And so we named her Haven, as in we became her safe haven. And we took her in. And we noticed very quickly she had some problems. Oh, no, 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 no. No, we both noticed this one. We could not put her in kitty litter. You know, like, when you're trying to put an animal somewhere they don't want to be, like, we're trying to put her in the litter box and just you know like full out you know trying to hold on to the edges you are not going to stick me in here we're like it's a litter box like you're a cat you look at this and you know what you're supposed to do cat come on you can do this the cat won't do it and so like we exhaust our ideas until finally we're like hang on a minute we go out we get a cardboard box We stick some grass and dirt in it. (laughs) We come back in and we stick it next to the litter box. And sure enough, you know, it gets in it and uses the grass, dirt litter box. What are we supposed to do for the rest of our lives? Just around our apartment. Like, why does that place never have grass? I don't know. They come out, they pick it, they go inside. It's very (laughs) strict. Fortunately, fortunately, we found out that there's like this uh, pellet kind of litter that didn't bother her. Whatever it was about the little grain stuff, she wasn't into it, but this pellet litter was fine. We got the pellet litter and it didn't smell as good, but at least, you know, the cat could work with it. But sometimes she just didn't. And it didn't always seem like there was a rhyme or reason to it. Sometimes she would just go to the bathroom wherever she wanted, even if we tried to do everything up to her standards. She would still occasionally just choose where she liked. I remember Christmas Day, waking up, walking downstairs, getting ready to open presents, and there's just diarrhea all over the living room. And I'm like, hmm, this is a great way to start the holidays. You know, like, what is wrong with this cat? If you're going to have diarrhea, go have it over there. Yep, so she then, like, there's this other difference between me and my wife. I can smell cat pee from, like, a floor to two floors up. Like, I'll wake up and be like, all right, where is it? You know, like, I know she did it. Where is it? And I'll, like, crawl around <laughs> until I've made my way all the way to the basement. I'm like, it's right here. I found it. <laughs> yes, that's it. You know, I don't do that. Um, <laughs> it's not Ace Ventura or anything. Sure is hot in these rhinos. Uh, that's it. Never mind. Okay. What was I talking about? Right. Okay. So Jody can't smell it at all. Blessed are those who cannot smell cat pee, for they shall be relieved more than the rest of us. Whatever the case was, it was bad. And it would happen enough to the point where I was like, I can't take this anymore. But along the way, God kept teaching me about grace. Jamin, how many times have you peed in my house? You know, <laughs> okay, God. <laughs> All right. so analogies are imperfect. We remember this, right? Yeah. Damon, how many times have you lived in my house and yet messed up over and over again? It's like, okay, okay, I get the point. Trying to learn to be graceful, but I'm also mad at the same time until finally it got to the point, and we just had to give it to someone else who had an outdoor place because we knew that no matter where she went, she was never going to adhere to anyone's litter standards. And that that was hard for me, especially because... <laughs> For so long, i had built up kind of this spiritual connection with this cat. That's the weirdest sentence I've ever said. What I mean by that is had built up this spiritual identity of Jamin is this cat. And God, uh, not that I'm God, but like I play this like character that like she lives in my house. She may not understand me from afar, but I'm doing what's best for her. And showed grace over and over again to the point that I couldn't. And, you know, you could follow analogies wherever you want, but like we said, analogies are imperfect. There are times, of course, where we all run into people where our brokenness is just so tough that we can't seem to connect anymore. Uh, And for me, with this moment, it was that. And giving Haven away was a very difficult day for, for all of us. Like I said, checkered past. That brings us to Mrs. Norris. I thought we were done with cats. But then my wife heard that there was a fluffy cat and she didn't own it yet. And my wife loves Harry Potter and there's a fluffy cat in that. And she's like, Mrs. Norris, we're naming it Mrs. Norris. She's already got a name, which is one of my favorite parts to do, but okay. And just got this cat and convinced me into it. Uh, And she is chaotic good. Like she's just, she's insane. Chaotic neutral, no? She's not evil, but she is chaotic. (laughs) So if you could fit a dog into a cat, that is Mrs. Norris. Uh, She runs around constantly. You put up the Christmas tree. She's at the top of it before it's even up. Um, Jody sometimes will play with her running back and forth and she'll like run back and forth with her. She sleeps in boxes. She, she's just, she's just constantly full of energy. Even when she wants love. Like, Jockin will bother you, like, hey, you're going to pet me. But Mrs. Norris will rub up on everything around you. I'll be recording an audiobook And she'll just, like, as loud as possible. All across the microphone. You know, like, pat me. Like, constantly. Just needs attention. And even though this is my wife's cat, I am clearly her favorite. So... She is all up on all the time and it's been a week for her. (laughs) It's been a week. At the beginning of the week, Jody made the most beautiful cupcakes with these perfect flowers on it. I don't even know how she did it. And Mrs. Norris ate a bunch of frosting off of one of them. And then on Wednesday, I don't know if my wife was just getting back at her or not, but Jody set her on fire uh, (laughs) by leaving a candle out. (laughs) And the cat, like, walked by and, like, caught her tail. She's like, hmm, something's different. And George Jory's just like, you know, like, trying to pat it out. Well, she did. She's fine. Mrs. Norris isn't even aware she caught on fire. But uh, for a brief moment, she did. And then last night, I had family coming over. And as soon as they arrived, Mrs. Norris runs outside to hang out with another cat. And I go out to, to get her. And she freaks out. And she runs all the way down our driveway towards the cars. And I'm running down the driveway screaming, Mrs. Norris. You know? And as soon as I get to the end of the driveway, there's just this lady like in our front yard like, huh? <laughs> oh, your cat. Mrs. Norris, come back. You know? And I run around to the other side and then she, she just keeps going 360 around the entire house and then hides under the deck in the back. The deck, the big deck, where the raccoons and the cats and all kinds of things live in you know? And so <laughs> Jody then spends the next, like, hour and a half trying to get the cat to come out, but she she knows that she should be in trouble, and she refuses to come out. And, like, I'm cooled down at this point. I'm just like, we just need her back inside. I'm not going to do this. Come, come on, just come inside. It's fine. Just a little We'll put this behind us. Water into the bridge. Forget about it. But we can't get her to come in. And like an hour and a half, two hours go by. Eventually, like it's pitch black outside. <laughs> and we just have to give up. So we go inside, hoping that she'll come knock on the door at some point. Don't know if she's that skilled or not. But eventually, we go out, check again, go back inside. Go out, check again, go back inside. And she's just sitting under there. She's not moving. She's just stationary, fully in place. Until finally, one of the times I've noticed she's been slowly sitting in an area where she knows I can reach her. And she's testing the waters. Like when I finally get to her, am I going to kill her or am I going to bring her inside? And finally, like after three, four hours, I just move a little, little uh, fence that was in the way, reach out to her. She comes to me trying to test if I'm mad or not, pick her up, she doesn't move, she's chill, bring her inside. And as soon as we get inside, she's like, let me touch the ground, someone's going to be mad. <laughs> and I set her down and I give her treats. And in a moment, the prodigal son came to mind, you know, like, this was exactly what was going through my head. I'm like, look, man, I know you think I'm mad. Technically, you you have broke the rules of the house, right? You've You've hurt me, you've sinned against me, if you will. You've done all the wrong things. You ruined the night with our family. But all I really want is for you to come back inside. And if you come back inside, we'll celebrate. I'll throw a feast. All the cat treats you can desire. You can look like Jockton by the time you're done, right? I'll give you whatever you want. Just please come back inside. And God moved my heart in that way. How often am I the one who who thinks that I'm, uh, like, I can't go back inside. Like, I can't go back in God's house. Like, I can't go back into heaven. Like, I'm just so much of a schmuck, so much of a disaster that if I get close, God will be like, "Uh uh-uh, you can't come in here. When here he is, welcoming you in. if you knew the Father's heart, him there saying, come on, all I want is you to come back in. All I want is to celebrate your return. And that brings us to our final cat, Linda the Gray. I wanted to call her Gandalf. The kids named her Linda, so now it's just Lindoff the Gray. Um, Lindoff? Did I say Lindoff? <laughs> her name is now Lindoff. Um, Linda is a stray cat. There are many in our area. But Linda, Linda we've been trying to get to come in for several months now. She's, she was much smaller when we first met her, and then we started feeding her. Now she's been growing. But she's also growing out of kitten mode, becoming a more mature kitten. And we've been trying to bring her in all winter. To the point, at one point, I like forced her inside. I picked her up and she's like, you know, she, she clearly has never had a human pick her up because her feet just go out like, what is this? I'm flying, you know. And then she scratches you. But we, we brought her inside and she went to hide in like six different places until finally we let her back out. She wasn't going to go for it. And then another time, a few weeks later, I try to bring her inside again because we're getting down into like negative wind chills, right? It's freezing outside. I don't want her to die. I want her to find safety. I want her to come in. And she doesn't understand this. She doesn't know that, like, I'm actually for you, Linda, Linda the Gray. You can live in here. It's so much better in here. You can come in here. You don't have to be out in the cold, you don't have to be scavenging for food. You can come and let someone else take care of you and love you and watch out for you. And so Linda has been a product of evangelism for some time. And now that the snow's melted, you know, we're still waiting to see where she'll go with things. But there are a lot of different stories that kind of come up in my own life when I look at cats. And I hate it because I didn't think I was a cat lady until recently. But when I look at these stories, you know, I often have to put myself on the scale to say, Jamin, where are you? Are you a little bit of all these things or... Where's your relationship with God? Are you like Linda? Are you still outside in the cold, in the freezing snow, while God is saying, please come inside? I love you and I long for all to be saved. And you can live in here. You don't have to stay out there. You can come in. Or are you like Nabor, who someone has planted the seeds of the kingdom in your life? Someone has extravagantly poured something into your life? Maybe you've done that for someone else. Maybe you gave someone hundreds, thousands of dollars, and they just squashed it. They're supposed to use it on college or something, but instead they threw it in some other thing trying to make more money, and their life just completely fell apart, and it didn't work out, and you're never getting your money back. Maybe that's your situation. Or are you on the other side where you were the one who was invested in but just never really came back? Well, God is saying those seeds of the kingdom that have been planted in you, he still wants those to reach fruit. He still wants you to be saved. He still wants you to come to him. Maybe you're like Mo. Maybe the the intrigue of the world outside of God's house to, to leave heaven and just go to the world and do worldly things, maybe that's in you. Maybe it's gotten very close to death as you've chased after the world. Man, how many people in Jackson have had to take so many shots of Narcan because they get so caught up in drug use that they die and have to be brought back again. And that that becomes a normal part of their lives because <laughs> they don't know what else to do with it. Even to people dealing with that kind of difficulty, God says, come back. I love you. I'm here for you. You don't need to live a life full of this, this difficulty, this pain, this addiction, And this level of just dealing with death on a regular basis. Come back. Maybe you're like Haven. Maybe maybe you want to live in the master's house, but you also don't want to live by the master's rules. And you'd rather just carry on with your life however it is that you would while living in that area and just expecting that this will work out well. A lot of people do that at some point. I've been guilty of that. You've probably been guilty of that. And that's something to encourage us to be better, to to look at the master and say, let's play by your rules. I know I've broken them. I know it's hard for me to, to not just give in to my kinds of desires, but I would rather play by your rules now. So teach me to do that better. Maybe you're like Mrs. Norris, you run away. You're afraid of what will happen if you go back. You're afraid mama will set you on fire. (laughs) Just kidding. And yet God is really just saying, no, I just want you back. Let's celebrate. Come back inside. I'm not mad. Come on. Or maybe you're like Jockin. Sure, you got a few problems. (laughs) A little bit of grumpy. Like to eat a lot. PTSD of moving around too much. But you've always been faithful. You know the rules, and you know what it means to live in your master's house, and how to treat them, the family that you have. Even when life is hard, even when you do screw up, you still know how it works. These are just little stories tonight that I hope in some ways are based off of some biblical passages I've thrown at you as well. There's more that we could go into, but uh, imperfect analogies are what I have to offer you tonight. You know, If anything, throughout all these stories, I hope you catch a glimpse of God's love. He cares for you so much. And so often we can turn God into something that's just frightening, don't want to get close, don't know what's going to happen there. But then God puts on flesh as Jesus and comes to us, and Jesus says, this is the ultimate revelation. This is what God looks like. When you see me, you've seen the Father. So if you ever read confusing passages where you thought that God looked different than Jesus, Jesus comes and says, this this is actually the real thing. I'm here. I love you. God loves you. God is a loving Father. He's not just the disembodied, ultimate being in the sky. Sure, he might be something like that, but... That being is just all love. And Jesus comes and installs that kingdom of love and invites us to do the same. So whether it's the cats you run into in your life or just other human beings who mimic these kinds of stories, or you are that human being yourself, continue to offer your life over to heaven, to Jesus, to God, to the Holy Spirit. And as you do that, that will help us bring love and God Jesus and the Holy Spirit to Jackson. So God, let's lift up my friends here. I pray that they would uh, have a a true and new revelation of your love tonight and that you would speak to them and any of that, um, anyone in here who's dealing with just this epic depression of how can God love me with all the stuff I've done or with all the stuff I'm currently doing, would you wipe that off of them so they could see you for who you truly are, a God who loves them, and celebrates them. Even when people like the prodigal son wish that their dad was dead so that they could have their inheritance and go sp- spend it on all the, the most worldly things out there. Still, even then, when they come home, you say, welcome home, come inside. I've missed you. Let's throw a party. So God, may we uh, live in that love and imitate that love. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks for joining us tonight. We will catch you next Sunday, if not sooner. And uh, that's all. Okay.